I'm Macy Robinson, and you're listening to the Triracial Treasury. Hello, it's your host, Macy Robinson, and on today's episode, um, I have a guest with me today, and you can go introduce yourself. Uh, yes, hi, uh, my name is Paul Robinson. Um, I'm also Macy's dad, and it's a pleasure to be on her, her podcast today. Great. Thank you. So today we're just going to go over some questions that I have for you. And yeah. So the first question I have is, do you think people expect different things of you because of your race? Uh, yeah, I think the uh, the challenge that I have with that um, is that it comes from both sides. So there are, um, you know, there are people on the black side of of the house, if you want to call it that, that expect you to have, uh, act a certain way sometimes. Um, and it's interesting because what some people don't realize is that they're actual, um, there's actual bigotry inside of the black culture as well. Um, you know, there are, um, Africans who sometimes look down on the North American blacks or the Caribbeans actually, you know, look down on certain blacks and things like that. So there's a lot of pressure inside of that, um, to, uh, to accommodate. And then, you know, from the, uh, from the other side, uh, the non-black side, um, you know, some people come into, a relationship with you with some preconceived notions that you're going to act a certain way, that you're going to talk a certain way. Um, you know, in my work, when I talk to people uh, on the phone and then I go into a meeting with them and I show up and they say, well, where's Paul? And I say, I'm right here. Um, they think I'm white because I don't talk um, in a certain way and whatever. So, you know, it, it's a it's a whole world of expectations uh, that people um, feel that they uh that they have and preconceived notions that they that they put on you. So you mentioned something about, you know, being on a business call with someone and, you know, showing up to a meeting and showing up and they're like, where's Paul? How do you deal with that? And how do you deal with those situations that do happen in the workplace? Yeah, you know, I think part of it is is frustrating and is hurtful, um, you know, when you're when you're judged in that way. But then, you know, I'm I'm of the mindset that I I have one goal, and that goal is to be successful, um, and to be the best at what I am, and to win um, at every time. So if you get caught up in feeling bad for yourself, or you know, having negative thoughts or not being able to pivot inside of an environment like that, then more often than not, you're going to lose and you're not going to be successful. Um, I would rather kind of sometimes you have to bite the bullet and sometimes you have to, you know, brush things off with uh, with the mindset that you want to be successful. I know that's difficult for a lot of people. Um, you know, some people can take it very personally and, you know, they'll get flustered or they'll get upset in the moment. And that, that's OK. Um, everybody has to kind of deal with it in their own way. But for me, um, you know, I, I, I always look at the big picture. You know, I always look at the big picture. And if I if I feel like I'm being mistreated or I'm being treated unfair because of my race or because of, you know, whatever, um, you know, I have the choice. I have a choice there to either act on it Um and make sacrifices or make the sacrifice and not act on it, but look at the greater good and the greater, the greater call for me, you know, I just feel, um, 
and this this is just for me. I, a lot of people deal with it differently. I know you know people that will stand up and will you know do whatever, and that's fine. Um, but you know the love that I have um, for for my family and and for their well being and for them to be provided for, you know I I make the choice to kind of brush things off and and to kind of deal with it um, in a non non confrontational way. Very insightful. So your mom is Puerto Rican and your dad is African American. Do you feel as if there is one of those two races that you feel you identify with more than the other or one you are seen as more than another one? Yeah, I'm seen as black. I mean, if I tell people that I'm Puerto Rican, um, you know, they're like, oh, but if you just see me walking down the street, they think, assume that I'm black. Um, when I was growing up, I was exposed a lot to the Puerto Rican side and the Puerto Rican heritage of, of my family because we were closer with them. Um, and, and as I've become an adult, that's kind of been sad um, for me because I, I feel like I've lost a lot of um, insight and in touch with, with my black side of the family. And I've done, um, you know, some some history digging and things like that to kind of figure out how that side of the family worked, um, you know, not being exposed to that, um, to that side as much, um, you know, and it's, you talk about the identity piece of it. Um, you know, there was another component to growing up in that, um, you know, my, my parents and my family was a lot involved a lot in, in white circles too. Mm-hmm. So that was a difficult piece of it because I wasn't white. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so like we would go to white churches and we would, you know, be ingrained in white culture. I went to a white, all white middle school. Um, I went to a predominantly white um, high school. And so that was, that was hard because um, like there was no identity there. Like, you know, it was like, uh, you, you're kind of immersed in a culture that, you know, nobody can really associate with you. And then, you know, I kind of caught flack, um, from my friends in my neighborhood because they were all black. And then they saw me hanging out with like white kids and going to white school. And so I had trouble being accepted by them because they thought that I was a sellout. Like, that's just, that's just what it was. So I had a very, very difficult time um, fitting into circles growing up because I just felt like I didn't belong anywhere. Yeah. So do you think that was your biggest struggle with being biracial was not really having a group of people that you could really solidly say that was yours or is there anything else? Well, I had I had to, and this kind of shapes how I how I feel today. You know, I had a I had to find people in my life that were just for me, and just and just for me, not because of my race, not because of my color. Because the fact of the matter is, is like, you know, we're people are going to find stuff wrong with you, whatever. Like you could be blonde hair, blue eyed, straight teeth, talk properly, and someone is still going to make fun of you and they're going to make you feel bad and they're going to, they're going to put you down and everything like that. You know, the bigger, the bigger picture is, is you have to find people that are just going to love and accept you for who you are and, and, and accept you for, you know, your, you know, the, the, prefer, the perfections, the imperfections that you may have, you know, whether you're white, whether you're black, whether you're Hispanic, um, you know, and, and my real true friends that I have, I honestly, I honestly don't 
view it as color. Like I, I just, I just don't. And some people are like, oh, that's impossible. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I have some Italian friends. I have some African friends. I have some Chinese friends, you know, and, and it's, it, it, I'm not, you know, negating the fact that that's their heritage and that's whatever, but I know that this small circle of group of friends, you know, if, if I was ever in a real jam, they would be there for me and it wouldn't be because, because of my race or because of, of my ethnicity or because I'm a male or because, you know, I'm Christian or whatever like that. Like these are people that would just be there for me regardless. And, and those are the type of people, you know, I would, I would challenge your listeners um, who are out there to just find people that are for you. You don't have to have 50, 75 friends. Like, you know, if you could just get one or two people in your life minimum that are just for you and, you know, can look past, you know, the, um, you know, whatever race or what ethnicity you are. And, and those are, that, that will naturally come up, you know, as you invest your lives in people, you know, you'll learn about other cultures and they'll learn about your culture and that's, and that's great. But, you know, I'm, I'm not of the notion of where, oh, you have to hang out with black people because you look black or I have to hang out with all Puerto Rican people because I'm half Puerto Rican. Like you just find your people that are for you. And when you're with them, um, you know, those are, those are the folks that, you know, you have love for them and they have love for you. Do you think you found some comfort with coming to terms with that? Like just finding those group of people that are really just there for you because of you and not because of your race or who you belong to? Yeah, it, it, it took me, it took me into my thirties to find it though. You know, when you're a teenager, people are idiots. Like I was an idiot as a teenager. My friends were idiots as a teenager. Like I, I don't know of any generation that's come by where ages 13, you know, to 21, 22, that you're just not idiots. Your brains are still forming. You're still kind of figuring things out um and and getting things so you know i i went i went through those stages of of feeling like i needed to conform like if i was with my black friends in coney island like i felt like i had to talk a certain way or dress a certain way um you know if i was with my friends out in staten island at, at the christian school i felt like i had to act a certain way like i had to be a good black person you know that that was the thing that would always hurt me um was like when i'd be around white people and they're like oh you don't act like you're black and like that was like that crushed me because it's like, well, you know, am I just conforming to what it is that they want, you know, and I'm making them feel comfortable because of the way that I am. And that's the whole thing is like when you're when you're in that struggle, it's really about making other people comfortable. And that's wrong. Like you have to be comfortable with who you are and you have to love yourself for who you are and and embrace that and like not feel like you have to like hoarding yourself off like there's a lot of rich heritage in my puerto rican side there's a lot of rich heritage in my black side like it's okay it, you don't have to pick and choose like I, I think that's that's something that's come into culture today is like if you're biracial you're like do i have to be white and a trump supporter and a conservative christian and follow that way or do i have to be black and do i have to be militant and do i have to like act the black way it's like well no you have two very rich heritages on both sides. You just take what you can from it that works for you and you just do that. And then, and then when you're yourself, then the real people are going to, are going to come out and they're going to, those are the people that are going to love you. Like, I think, again, unfortunately it took me till I was in my thirties to say, Hey, I, I can't keep up this charade anymore of trying to act too black or trying to act too white or trying to act too Puerto Rican or trying to act too urban. Um, I, I have to be true to myself and, you know, some people like it, some people don't. Um, but 
that's that's not my problem. That's their it's their problem. You can't be in the business of making other people feel comfortable, um, you know, because if you're not comfortable with yourself, then that's the most important person that should be in that way. Um, and it's difficult for that. So that's the one thing I would encourage you and, and other, you know, the other folks that are out there in the podcast is get comfortable with being comfortable with yourself and, and don't conform to other people just because, um, you know, you don't want people to feel uncomfortable around you. I think you brought up a very good point of, you know, trying to confine to other people's standards and making them feel comfortable. I think that's something that I have personally struggled with as well as trying to make sure that to other people, they're comfortable with me so that they like me. But you honestly, at the end of the day, cannot please everybody. Well, well, yeah, I mean, you know, I have a saying like if and this is like the problem that I have with like racist people, because I think there are a lot of racist people out there, but they're afraid to say it because of how they would be perceived. Like, like, you know, and it's on both sides too. It's not, it's not only white people, but black people that have problems with white people or Chinese people that have problems with Mexican people. Like mm-hmm. we're afraid to, we're afraid to say something because it's, it's fear. Like this is all fear based, you know? And it's like when you speak it into the universe and say, Hey, I have a problem with you know, this group of people or this ethnicity, like I have a problem with it. And when you speak it out, then it's like, okay, I can deal with that. And I can, I can like, I can like work on it and say, okay, well, why do I feel this way? And and it really comes all down to, to fear. Like we're afraid that we're not going to be loved. We're afraid that we're not going to be um, accepted. Like that's a big, that's a big, big problem that we all have. And, and, and unfortunately for you and for your, your listeners who are teenagers, you know, being in my forties, I can honestly tell you that doesn't change. You, you're always going to have that fear. You want to be liked, you want to be popular, you want to be, you know, respected, you want to be loved and, and all like that. And, and that, you know, it's a, it's a constant, it's a constant daily battle. So, um, you know, it's just, um, it's just one of those things that you have to, you kind of have to work through, um, and, and just, again, be true to yourself. And, you know, if you're your true self and somebody doesn't love you because of that, they never loved you in the first place. They love the fake portion of you, you know, the people that you can be yourself with and you can speak your truth with and they love you in spite those are the people that you hold on to. And that doesn't have a color. I, I can honestly tell you that doesn't have a color. It doesn't have a gender. It doesn't have a sexual orientation. It doesn't have anything like that. Those are the people that you you latch on to and, and, you, and you go through life with and your, and your journey with. That that was very insightful. I think everybody can definitely learn something from that testimony. But thank you for being on today's episode. Um, maybe we'll have you back sometime. <laughs> um, but that is all for today's episode, guys. I hope you can pick some information out that you can use in your daily life and that is all I have for you guys today and Macy Robinson signing off.